This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone Live from the Dish Professionals. Give them a call, 801-424-DISH. Let's get out to the zone phone. He covers, or he uh, hosts Pac-12 today for Sirius XM Radio, does play-by-play as well. Uh, he is our good friend, Sean O'Connell. What's up, OC? Jake, Gordon, what's up? Here's one of the how's the one of the most talented guys I know doing these days. Well, you'll have to ask whoever you're referring to, but <laughs> I I am doing well, Gordon, if that's Good. what you're asking. OC, how was your father's day? Man, it was cool. It was low key. Um we uh took my sweet little Rowan to uh the neighborhood pool and she got brave enough to jump off the side, which was really cool. Uh so did that about a hundred times, and then uh, just had some delightful dinner. My wife made her Indian butter chicken, which is excellent. So no complaints for me. How was your Father's Day? Yeah, man. Well, mine was amazing. I uh, got away from my children and played golf, so that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I don't know what you think about what Jake's plan is for his kids, but apparently he thinks they're indentured servants, and he's going to. Uh, <laughs> oh, they're going to work. <laughs> yeah, they're going to work. Uh, I'm already making plans for my six-week-old. She's she's going to get a job by seven. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be the strong work ethic. That's what I'm aiming for. I'll see. No, that's 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 great. I I had probably those plans uh, before my daughter was born, and since then I think I've entered the Gordon Monson school of. Uh, just being owned by my daughters, yeah. which is fine. <laughs> which is fine. Oh, see, that's the way to do it. Which man. is fine. Yeah, love love having girls, though. Girls are the best. There's there's uh, no doubt about it. Oh, see, I, I'm curious. We want to have you on. Of course, we'll talk some college sports. I'm I'm even curious to get to, if you have any takes on the Utah Jazz. But I wanted to start out with uh, your thoughts on the Supreme Court ruling today and what uh, where I guess college college sports in general are going. Well, I mean, to me, the way I interpret it is, you know, this is separate from the name, image, and likeness stuff that's inevitably coming down in some ways. Like, uh, you know, name, image, and likeness is going to be a reality probably in the next couple of weeks here. And the NCAA, by choosing to continue to fight this battle, instead of just realizing it was lost and realizing that they have this loophole, this window where they themselves aren't the ones who have to incur the cost of paying student-athletes, they can just open the door and let sponsors and boosters and businesses pay it through advertising and things like that. They've, they've continued to cling to this old system. And, you know, the more they get the Supreme Court involved, the more likely it is that those costs are going to be incurred eventually by schools themselves. So it feels like the NCAA is just shooting itself in the foot, which I guess we shouldn't be surprised by. But I thought it was pretty hilarious the way that, uh, that Justice Kavanaugh just dunked on the NCAA all morning. It was great. He did. And uh, let me ask you this. So, see, Jake and I were talking about it earlier. How expansive do you think this is going to become 
Uh, this is supposed to be related to educational stuff. But what I mean, are we going to get to the point where uh, where these guys are paid what they should be? You're a former uh, college athlete. Uh, do you think they should be? And I, Jake, and I are on other si- on opposite sides on this, and I have no idea what your opinion is. But I'm curious to know one where you think this is going, and two where do you think it should go? Well, I think the the slippery slope that everyone's going down means that. All these, you know, these educational uh, benefits and the things that we're talking about, these extra costs incurred uh, by the NCAA and its member institutions. I, there's a case now, a legal case to be made for any and everything. Well, what about my transportation? I want my transportation to be provided for. And, you know, the BART is unreliable in the Bay Area, so I'm going to need a car or whatever, you know. And we're going to get into court battles for all of this stuff. So, um, I as far as my opinion on whether or not pay for play uh, from like, we're talking about universities providing uh, larger than just a cost of living stipend, like uh, a salary or whatever you want to call it. I, I don't think that's necessary. I think two things are true. And I tweeted this out earlier today. It's ridiculous that college athletes in the modern age in a billion dollar industry cannot monetize themselves in any way. It's also ridiculous to say that a full-ride scholarship to especially a Pac-12 university is not worth anything, right? I mean, I was a walk-on, and I saw the benefits that even scholarship athletes had over an average college student who had to work at a bar until 3 a.m. just to make things work. That I mean, these, these student athletes who are pretending like, oh, this is not worth it for me, all right, then don't do it. If the scholarship by itself is not worth it, then don't do it. No one's forcing you to be a student athlete. But if you're one of the rare people who can monetize themselves with autograph signings, with advertisements, you should absolutely have a right to do it. I just don't think it's going to be all that common that people can make real money doing that. And we're about to find out. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Sean. I think you I think you summed it up really well, and I, I agree with what you said right there. And I'm glad you said the two things can be true at at once because I think oftentimes we get so and I'm guilty of this, by the way, big time. We get so caught up on quote unquote our side, we forget that you know the issues are are extraordinarily complex. With but with that in mind, I I worry a little bit about the opportunity for your. I don't want to say run-of-the-mill athlete per se, but your average college athlete, not your superstar football player, not your superstar basketball player, but your 99% of athletes who better their lives because of the opportunities that athletics uh, affords them. And as we get more and more concerned about the 1% that supposedly generate all the revenue, I hope that we don't lose track of, of the 99% that truly benefit from that opportunity. Yeah, I'm with you, but I don't think we will. I don't think we're going to pass those folks over because those folks are still going to have a scholarship, right? Just because name, image, and likeness is opening up, and maybe uh, a greater benefit from some, you know, like the cost of living stipend goes up again, whatever. That's not going to pass over the athlete that is the run of the mill Jack or Jane who's just there getting their scholarship, getting their school paid for, getting the free tutoring, getting the better meals than anyone else in college can afford at the the beautiful facilities. And, you know, they're being treated well as student-athletes, but we also don't know their name, don't know their story, don't know their 
their Instagram following, that kind of stuff, that's okay, right? I mean, that's, that's the, the college athlete that we've known for decades. Those people are still going to have scholarships and get free educations, and that, I will say it a million times, that is not nothing. So, see, does it, do you think, does it bother you and should it bother anyone that, that college coaches uh, make the kind of money they make when the athletes are, are, you know, making it possible for them to make that money? I mean, that's a complicated question for me because it's a, it's a market thing, right? Again, I, I, you and I both know, have personal relationships with college coaches who have a hard time making a living, right? If you're an assistant at Idaho State University, you're not making crazy amounts of money. But that's because the market in Pocatello does not support the ticket sales and the booster donations and the things like that that would justify you having a larger salary. And I use the term justify very loosely here. To my knowledge, the University of Utah can afford to pay Kyle Whittingham his rather exorbitant salary. They can also, at the same time, afford to provide the beautiful meals that Chef Pete prepares inside that facility, the excellent academic help that they get in the tutoring spots, the great experiences and the extra equipment and all those things. It feels like college athletics supports all of the, all of these things right now. And if you started to take, I don't know, $500,000 off of a coach's, a coach's salary and distribute that evenly amongst his players or her players, they would still be making really good money. So they could afford that as well. I'm going to let other people decide what those rules will look like. At the end of the day, I, I'm not bothered by coaches making big money because the market pays for that. If those coaches at some point have to share some of that money with players, I won't be sad about that either. Well, see, I want to get your thoughts on the selection of George Klyavkov as the next uh, commissioner of the Pac-12. And what do you think uh, agenda item for him number one needs to be? Well, I think that agenda item number one changed pretty drastically as soon as the the new college football playoff model was revealed. A 12-team model, that, that was something he was going to be pushing for, college football playoff expansion. We talked to him on the program. We talked to him behind the scenes. And George Klyovkov knows that a place at the table for the Pac-12 was, if not job one for him, very close to job one for him. So now that that is more of an eventuality, I think that what he has to worry about now is the television deal, which was already 1A or 1B, right? That distribution deal, the new, you know, deciding what to do with the Pac-12 network, maximizing television revenue uh, to be able to combat, you know, the rising cost of doing business in the Pac-12 conference and all other Power 5 conferences and really everywhere across the college football landscape. That's the thing that he needs to attack, and he said so in his press conference. He said so in pretty much every ensuing interview. He said so when he spoke privately with his athletic directors. He knows exactly what the job is. And I think he's got the resume and the experience and the connections to hopefully lead the Pac-12 in, if not an ideal path, at least a better path than they're on right now. Oh, see, what do you think of the 12-team playoff? Is that the right number? Or is it too many? Is it too few? What do you think? 
I thought eight was the right number. Uh, the twelve team playoff, and I think the reason that we're going to get you know the the powers that be to sign off on it is, is because the twelve team playoff still benefits the bluest of blue bloods, right? For Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, the folks that are most likely to be that top four seed to get a bye is a massive, massive advantage. One fewer game to play against elite competition in college football on your way to a national championship, that is a huge benefit. Uh, and it, you know, keeps the regular season that that important, uh, of utmost importance for some of those blue bloods. So the model is good. I probably would have preferred eight, but it's a good model, and I think it keeps almost everybody happy. Uh, but you had to keep the the biggest boys on the block happiest if you were ever going to get a college football playoff expansion. So I think this is kind of what we had to do to, to make it happen. Oh, see, the Jazz are out, which means it's not too early to ask questions like this. Uh, what storyline or storylines are you watching closely going into Utah fall camp? Well, the offensive line, I think that Phil Steele just put out a list that he thinks that Utah has the fifth best offensive line in the entire country. Wow. Which means uh, comparatively, he thinks that their offensive line is, is better than their defensive line is. Cause I think he gave the youth something like 10 or 15 on the defensive line rating when compared to everyone else in the country. And obviously, you know, you, you take all those rankings with a grain of salt, but a lot of eyes are going to be on the quarterback battle, is it going to be a Cam Rising finally recovering from the injury and coming back, or is Charlie Brewer really the guy? Is that you know one of the underclassmen going to emerge? For me, that matters very obviously, but it only matters so much if you're not getting great offensive line play. And the only way to win a conference championship, which is still the the carrot that Utah football is chasing, is you have to have elite line play. On both sides. I think the defensive line will deliver that this year. The offensive line, I'm optimistic, but cautiously so. So I am going to be watching for the offensive line development more than anything because you lost, unfortunately, tragically. You lost an elite talent at the running back position. That means your offensive line has to be that much better. If your quarterback battle is happening, it's either going to be a tough job for whoever wins that and steps in because of an offensive line, or it's going to be an easy job for that guy. And the offensive line is, is so key for the rest of thing of what Andy Ludwig and Kyle Whittingham and everyone else wants to do at Utah. That's the number one storyline for me. Come November, who are we going to be talking about as the best football player in the Ute program? Devin Lloyd. Yeah. I, I mean, we're already talking about him that way, and justifiably so. He is a future NFL talent. I'm very happy to see that the University of Utah, after so many years of being a defensive line pipeline to the NFL, a defensive back pipeline to the NFL, in these last four or five years, the linebackers have, have risen to that level. And, you know, Devin Lloyd is, I think, the prototype, the perfect example of the kind of person that, that Kyle Whittingham and Morgan Scally want to bring into that defense. He He is the gold standard, and I think he's going to be, you know, a potential All-America candidate. All right, OC, in your infinite wisdom, uh, tell us what happened to the Jazz. Why didn't they move on to the Western Conference Finals? <laughs> and that's just living by the sword and dying by the sword, isn't it? When you're a team that jumps out to a 25-point lead because you're shooting hot from beyond the arc, if you start missing, 
you got to have plan B. You got to be able to get into the paint and score easy points just to stave off the run that the Clippers are making. You know, that that's my inexpert opinion on what I saw when Terrence Mann is going bananas and you know they're hitting 21 corner threes. You got to be able to just stop the bleeding, slow the bleeding a little bit. And if you have to do that with a alley-oop to Rudy Gobert or, you know, anybody getting into the paint and scoring a layup, make it happen. But the Jazz, you know, saw the the uh the lead dwindling and they were trying to shoot their way back into a a victory that, you know, they've gone cold. That's that's how I saw it. And it was that's what happens, right? When you're when you're a team that's trying to do it all with the new analytics world and you're trying to do it all with the three-point shooting, you're either going to live by that sword or die by it. What do you I think, think? I think that's one of the reasons that Quinn Snyder has talked so much this last season about the defensive end and that side of it bailing out the offense when that when those dry spells happen. But, boy, I'll tell you, that was that – was, it was worse at the defensive end than it was at the offensive, you'll see. You know what, OC, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I agree with Gordon. I think they need some guys who are going to dig down deep and play some defense. And that's something you know a little bit about, a little toughness, a little, hey, uh, you know, we're going to go out and just uh, as a matter of pride – not let this other team dunk on us. Uh, Gordon and I were talking that Rudy got a bad rap because he was trying to cover for everybody getting beat. They need they need somebody who's going to go win a fight for a million bucks. <laughs> well, basketball is the wrong place to find tough guys. So you gotta <laughs> you gotta establish that culture somehow. But uh, you know, I, that's the thing. I, before that series, I think I probably would have made the case that yeah, the Utah Jazz are. As mentally and physically tough as NBA teams are, right? You got you got some grit. You got some nasty dudes. You got some guys. At least it'll be annoying and and bother you. But you know, you guys are far more expert on this stuff than I am. I who do you want? I mean, Patrick Beverly's not coming to play in Utah. Draymond Green doesn't belong here. <laughs> Yeah, we'll they, see. They'll have to draft it, maybe. Um, one, one more question from EOC, and this is in the in the fight world, and I apologize for – this is really a personal curiosity question. Does the uh, compensation for fighters, does the does that structure need to change in the UFC? Does Is Dana White going to ever come around to that, or is this just what we're, what we're here to see? Uh, you know, the problem for fighters is there's no collective bargaining. There's no union. There's no – solidarity between the superstars that are making the money that, you know, you can make a case that's how much they deserve. Although even those, those superstars are probably undercompensated. There's no reason for Conor McGregor to share his money with the Sean O'Connell's of that world. Right. And because of that, the UFC gets to be the big bully on the block and everyone else kind of does the same. Although I'm proud to say that the company I'm working for professional fighters league is, is narrowing the gap a little bit. Um, but all you have to do is you, you look at the other professional sports leagues, and I think the NBA is kind of the gold standard. You guys maybe know the exact numbers, but I think 51% of the revenue goes to the players. It's it's pretty much an even split. And in the UFC, depending on what numbers you look at, it's anywhere from like 13 to 19% of the total revenue generated by the sport is given back to fighters. And and that's way lower than the NHL, way lower than Major League Baseball, way lower than the NFL. 
that's lower than NASCAR. It's just it's the bottom of the barrel. So if fighters can figure out some way, and collective bargaining might be the only way, but if fighters can figure out some way to get a larger piece of the pie, the pie itself is not too small. It's just their their serving of that pie that is really hurtful. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon, and I don't think it's going to change as long as Dana White is overseeing the business. But I don't know how much longer he's going to keep doing it. The guy's worth in the four or five hundred million dollar range at this point and unless he just loves it that much it's a lot of time it's a lot of stress it's a lot of effort and you don't need the money anymore so we'll see how it goes but the coc i think you make an interesting point because maybe that's where the pfl uh or other leagues you know we can give some other leagues some love but uh it can make some inroads because it's you're right it's I mean, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's just the UFC being greedy. I mean, 13%, that is that that is that seems criminal to me, but he's just got such a stranglehold on the sport. It, it's going to take a, another league that does it better to take some of that talent away, I would think. Yeah, and, you know, I, I actually was surprised after the first season of the PFL that I won. I thought there would be more of an exodus from the UFC of guys that, you know, guys that I thought, guys that beat me that were making, you know, 50, 60 grand a fight – who I don't know why they didn't see, well, I'm better than him, and he just won a million bucks. I should go over there. I thought that's what would happen, uh, but it, it didn't, not, at least not in droves. Uh, it's more of a trickle, and the PFL is doing a great job of scouting the right talent and, and getting some people to come over, but it, it's going to be a slower process than I would have estimated. Uh, it just, you know, folks have this thing. You don't, if you play football growing up, you say, I want to make it to the NFL. And if suddenly the XFL came out and they were paying great money, I don't know if that would change the dream immediately for all those young kids, right? I think that they'd be like, oh, well, XFL, cool, but I'm a Cowboys fan. I want to go play for the Cowboys. I I grew up with that. That's how it is in the sport of mixed martial arts. You can do what I did. You can go to a place like the PFL uh, with peace of mind if you've already kind of scratched that UFC itch, but – Right now, and for the foreseeable future, a lot of fighters are like, well, i got to make it to the UFC. That's my aim. That's what I'm going for. And even if the UFC is only paying you ten grand to show up and another ten grand to win, you're not super likely to say, well, screw you, UFC. I'm going to go fight for the PFL just because they're paying more. I don't know why. I guess it's just a reputation thing, and it's the longstanding dream thing. But my hope is, you know, PFL, we're only three seasons in. Hopefully by the time we're five, six, ten years in, that dynamic will have shifted drastically. He hosts, of course, Pac-12 today on Sirius XM Radio, and he does uh, play-by-play for the PFL. And, of course, uh, he uh, joins us here on the big show. Oh, see, it's, it's great to hear your voice, man. We love you, and uh, congratulations on all your success. We'll be uh, continuing to tune in. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Uh, hashtag girl dads. I guess that's yeah. what we are. We've got a few between us. I like it. That's what we are. Thanks, yeah. Elsie. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. Sean O'Connell. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter, by the way, Real OC Sports. Uh, Sean, one of the, the good guys in the biz. I've got a girl dad T-shirt. Do you? Mm-hmm. You should wear it more. Wear it proudly. Well, Sean's got one. I've got two. You've got five. So that's eight between us. That's not bad. Yep. Yep, it's good. Yep. All right, joining us now, of course, we're here at the Dish Professionals, 801-424-DISH. Ryan is jumping on with us once again. Oh, we didn't ask you. How'd your Father's Day go, Ryan? 
It was good. It was good? Good. Kids treat you right? Kids uh, all had something, a little surprise for me when I woke up. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, really, if uh, the kids uh, wanted to take care of their dads, they'd make it easier to watch sports. And, uh, (laughs) you know, that would go a long, long way. That uh, we'll leave that up to us, right? That's, that's where you guys come in. That's yes, that's what in. you do. Yeah, and you are if you're a, a sports fan, you know this is a TV kind of is an important thing, and this is where we help people and uh, get them, you know, a cheap solution. We, we see this cord cutting uh, problem this spring more than ever. A lot of people. Uh, ended up in situations they couldn't watch all these jazz games and uh, they're spending 100 plus dollars a month for all their cord cutting options and not getting the games and you know dish has a solution that uh, you know one tv um, get all the regional sports channels you get uh, tnt and espn and you know usa a&e all those channels including the Pac-12 network and also NBA TV, and it's like $2.18 a day. Wow. It's just, it's not a lot. So everybody thinks cord cutting, oh, I'm going to save all this money. Not not really. Well, then they end up going to a bar or restaurant and right. dropping dollars $60, $80 at a bar or restaurant because they need to be there so they can watch the game. And so, you know, if you're really budget-friendly, you know, this might be a better solution for you in the long run so you have access. And the, the price is guaranteed not to change. And if you call today, you know, $100, bucks, cash, cash back. back. Cash is king, as they yeah. say. And this is today only. I, I really stress this. You call us tomorrow and say, hey, I'd like to do this. And so we tell people, you know, when occasionally when we do this during remotes, it's a, an opportunity to uh, to act. Like if you're if you're like, ah, I've been thinking about it, 801-424-DISH, or come by our office and check it out. That's the cool part. It, it really is a showroom. You guys can demonstrate all the all the features, and there really is so much cool stuff on there. Yeah, getting your hands on it will – We'll convince you. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and you get that Nest IQ camera. Yeah, very nice. So, I mean, Dish is throwing out a lot right now. It's a good opportunity to, uh, you know, get the camera, get the cash back, get the hopper. We'll have you installed for free. We'll guarantee the best price. You'll get the Pac-12 network. So, in two months, right? You're watching games. Watching games. (laughs) And it's super important during basketball season, too, because there are a ton of basketball games. Yeah, that's that's probably more if – uh, if you're really a basketball fan, that's that's more important. You got to have it. Yeah. It's, but I think Utah is and football is just such a big thing. Well, nobody wants to miss the games. That's for sure. Yeah. You got to yeah. have it. Got to have it. And yeah. and cheap solution, great promotion where you you know what you're going to get. And if you're a, uh, a, a direct TV or cable customer and you're hearing like this couple dollars a day thing, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. how's that work out? Call us because this is where. The reality kicks in is if you've got another provider, we'll save you a ton of ton of cash. And uh, we've got good internet solutions available, multiple new ones, um, or we can even get you set up with just the TV side, and you can leave your existing internet. It's a uh, it's a it's a great opportunity to save money, upgrade, bigger DVR, more features, get this cool voice remote. It with is the cool. Remote locator, super cool. I use that remote locator today. Yeah, it comes in handy a lot. It wasn't in the, la- in the laundry, was it? Oh, no, where was it? No, it was deep in the couch cushion where I missed it when I was looking the first time. But see, there, it's easy. Do you have the kids hide it yet? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, all the time. Yeah. That happens a lot. My, my kids, they would, when they're younger, they would take the remote. They didn't want to be change the channel, so they'd hide it. And so then they'd leave the room, and I'd come in and be like, what the heck? And 
I'd push the locate remote button. Bam. And boom. Makes hear it, it easy. You hear it beeping yeah. in the couch. You're like, oh. <laughs> there it is. It makes it simple. Yep. All right. 801-424-DISH. Call now. Take advantage of it. 801-424-DISH. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. The Jazz have really good players, but they need to continue to get better. Defensively, you need quickness and athleticism, and I'm not sure that they have that in the system right now. So I'm not saying we're going to get rid of Bogdanovich or Ingles, but we need to add two. We need more people that can certainly continue to shoot the three like they do, but they can guard. Uh, that's what I would be looking for. They need a 6'8", 6'9", athletic guy that can go inside out but can guard. Doesn't have to be a great three-point shooter, but at least you guys keep guys honest. And you can switch everything with that kind of group. If they don't have that, that's what I'd be looking for. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey, guys. Jake here for my friends at Peach Building Products. And these folks are great. They've been locally owned and operating, uh, being Utah's premier window and door retailer since 1993. Cindy and her group of folks are just tremendous. Uh, They can do whatever it takes when it comes to windows and doors. Custom work is no problem for them. So if you've got that odd-sized door or that big front window or you want to uh, get the best windows as far as uh, energy savings goes they can take care of you if you want one of those uh, indoor outdoor spaces that is so incredibly popular they can take care of you they've got a beautiful showroom right off third west in 2940 south get in and see for the uh, for yourself what they can do you can also get online go to peachbuildingproducts.com they have over 250 five-star reviews on google they are amazing you can give them a call to 801-556-1255 they are all about customer service they are a turnkey operation when it comes to windows and doors meaning no high pressure sales no subcontractors no ghosting they'll take care of your windows or doors their crew installs them and they back it up with guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to satisfied customers so take advantage call them today 801-556-1255 drop by CM29 of 40 South 300 West or simply go online to peachbuildingproducts.com that's peachbuildingproducts.com you can't stop me now this is the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott presented by Big O Tires stop by your locally owned Big O Tires the team you trust this is 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network Network Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We are live at 
the dish professionals. Give them a call. Uh, give them a call. Eight zero one four two four dish. On top of their other otherwise great deals and promotions, including the Nest Cam. Uh, simply signing up during the big show, you're going to get an extra hundred dollars cash in your pocket simply by calling them eight zero one four two four dish. Uh, Gordon, uh, we've talked a lot about uh, the Jazz being one of the number one seeds to go out of the playoffs over the weekend, but there was another. The Philadelphia 76ers fall to the Atlanta Hawks in seven. And you take great glee in this. I don't really take great glee in it, to be honest, because I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about the 76ers and their success or, or lack thereof, really. But from the, the time that Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell were having the rookie of the year competition, it has bothered me that people have basically given – Ben Simmons credit for being a better player than he actually is. Anointed him this extraordinary, incredible player when there was a huge gaping hole in his game. And it's actually even worse than the fact that he just uh, is not an efficient shooter. He's scared to shoot in the fourth quarter. Scared of it. So that's how a, that's do you, a bit of a problem. So as and, and on top of that, he's got this personality where he takes shots at Donovan during the Rookie of the Year thing. He took multiple shots at Rudy this year. Mm-hmm. He's the type of player who will score 40 points against the Jazz in a loss and then come out in the postgame ignoring the fact that he gave up 40 points to Jordan Clarkson and take a victory lap like he won the game. <laughs> and now, you know, you, you look at Philadelphia losing, Ben Simmons um, basically was thrown under the bus by uh, Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers, both in the postgame. And we can hear some of that sound uh, here in a second. But now everybody's bagging on Ben Simmons and talking about what a terrible shooter he is. My question is, where have you been? Because he's been playing the same game for a long time now, and you're just now noticing that that's a huge problem? I will give you credit, Jake, that you've been on this from the beginning. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because <laughs> that's where I feel like today is not vindication per se, but like people, like like vindication that I'm not insane. Yeah. Uh, and look, I, I will give you credit because it did bother you from the beginning. And you pointed it out time and time again. But it, it's remarkable how many basketball people did, in fact, look past it. I mean, I don't want to uh, – Mannix is going to join us at five, but – he was one. Of them. He was one of the like. I remember having these conversations when the race for rookie of the year was happening, and Mannix, you know, always couched it that Donovan Mitchell is a really good player, but almost put it off as, "Wow, this is hardly a discussion." And yeah. it's like, no, it mm-hmm. it is a discussion because he's not as good as you think he is. So do you think that's East Coast bias? What do you, you think is happening there? Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe you could you could couch it as that. I also will throw in the hype train. Because he was LeBron's guy going back to before he got to the country. That is true. And so all of a sudden he's this clutch dude, and clutch meaning the agency, um, and he's uh, in LeBron's you know pantheon of athletes. And you know all of a sudden, and you know LeBron clutch sports in general is very good about uh, marketing and media manipulation and that sort of thing. Admittedly so. And I think there was a lot of that in there. Shoot, there was a documentary about his time in college when he was, what, a rookie? I did see that, yeah. I mean, so I think part of that, uh, you know, nobody's immune sometimes to those sorts of things. So I – I and and you know what? Part of it, too, and this is fairness, but that they assumed it'd get better. Like, he's really good at all these other things. Oh, his crappy shooting isn't going to matter because it'll be better. Jason Kidd got better, so – 
Ben Simmons is going to get better. So, Jake, I guess the question for you is, uh, in this virgin territory you're finding where you were right, how's it feel? <laughs> virgin territory. <laughs> uh, let's play the sound, though, because this is, this is not a good sign if you're Ben Simmons. Okay. There were two things. Which, which one do you want to start with, Austin? The order doesn't matter too much. Let's, let's start with Doc Rivers uh, in the postgame. He was asked about Ben Simmons and his ability to be a point guard on a championship team. Yeah, David, I don't know that question or the answer to that right now. Um, you know, so I don't know the answer to that. When you, uh, when you say get in the gym with him, what, uh, what needs to be done? I mean, obviously, this is, this is corruption. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's, that's between Ben and I. <laughs> so could he be a point guard on a championship team? <laughs> yeah, David, I don't know that question or the answer to that right now. I, uh, you, I'll tell you what, he, he's a player, he's a player, he's under contract, uh, some call him a point guard, uh, all of that is true, but the other thing, because I don't know if you can have a starting point guard on a championship team who can't play in the fourth quarter, uh, a bit of a problem, it's yeah. kind of an issue, that's between if, Ben and I, yeah, and what are you going to work on, um, uh, well, uh, shooting? Speaking of Maddox, uh, he had – this was years ago, but he had Kobe Bryant on his then radio show, and he asked Kobe point blank, I remember this, like, is is Ben Simmons', Simmons shot fixable or is it need to be torn down to nothing and built back again? And Kobe Bryant indicated the latter. So if they are going to fix that, Doc's got a lot of work to do in the offseason. Good luck. And Ben Simmons is not going to play with the Australian team. He said he's got to – Work on some stuff at home. But the other one, now there was an infamous play in this game, Gordon, where Ben Simmons had a dunk. I know you know what play I'm talking about because there was about a minute and change (laughs) to go. They had an ISO for Ben Simmons down on the block. Very nice drop step, was at the rim and passed it to a player that then had to go through two other players to get fouled, and then he missed the free th- one of the free throws. And Joel Embiid was asked kind of the turning point, what point in the game that this one was kind of lost here was his answer. Man, uh, I'll be honest. Um, I thought the turning point was, uh, I don't know how to say it, um, but I thought the turning point was just, you know, we had uh, an open shot, and, you know, we missed, uh, we made one free throw, and, uh, we missed the other, and then they came down and scored, uh, and uh, we didn't get a good pos- uh, possession on the other end, and Trey came back and he made a three, and then from there, uh, down four, uh, and then I go, I, uh, it's on me, I turn the ball over uh, and try to, you know, make something happen uh, from the perimeter, but uh, I thought that was a turning point. The turning point was when our guy was too scared to dunk it. <laughs> Come on. How can you be afraid of dunking it? You've seen the play. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, he, but, but, because he, his mentality is is that, one, I don't want to get fouled because I'm going to choke at the line. Yeah. And two, if I don't take the shot, I can't miss the shot. But, and that's what he's thinking in the fourth quarter. He's thinking, I don't want it. I don't want it because I'm going to miss it. And if I, if I do get it and happen to get fouled, I'm going to look even worse. Well, when so you're that his, close to the rim? He, it's... It's what am I looking for? Like a like a subliminal reaction where he's it's... just not looking to shoot. He probably had no idea how close to the rim I, it really was. I, I think you you hit the nail on the head. Uh, getting fouled and having to go to the free throw line. 
He doesn't want anything nope. to do with it. No. Nope. And and you know what? Here's where to bring this to a jazz thing real quick. Rudy's not scared of that. Rudy's got some interesting things that were shown once again in this playoff series, and we can get back into those later on in the show. Uh, and he is far from the perfect player, but he went out and got better at his free throws, and he's not scared of the moment. You can say Rudy is a lot of things, but he's not scared of the moment. He's not scared of forcing that contact late in the game and yeah. going to the line. He's just not. We're talking about, in the case of Ben Simmons, we're talking about, as you articulated earlier, a star is born kind of guy. And he certainly sees himself as that, but with a major, major flaw. I, I don't, I, I, I typically don't pay much attention to Ben Simmons, uh, the things he says and all that, because I think so much of it is self-promotion. But I think I'm going to pay attention to what Doc Rivers is going to try and accomplish with this guy because he is, as you said from the beginning, Jake, and and credit to you, he his game is seriously, seriously flawed. And I'm not quite sure when you play the position he supposedly plays how you're going to solve that problem. I, I just I don't know. Doesn't that make neither you, does Doc? I don't think. Don't you look in the rearview mirror about how condescending he was toward Donovan about oh, the rookie yeah. of the year? Just completely dismissive. Oh, Doesn't that just yeah. boil your blood? Because you're like, no, you were flawed then. You weren't this great player then. Donovan was taking his team to the second round of the playoffs and beating Paul George and Russell Westbrook. He can't even make a free throw. All right. And then there's of course the other side of that argument that you hate, and that is that he wasn't even a rookie, right? Well, I, I hate that because he was by definition. And yeah. that's that's like it was always, well, Donovan would have won it if it weren't for the like it, it was almost Donovan should win it on a technicality as opposed to he's a better player than the guy. <laughs> he was a better player than Ben Simmons then. It shouldn't have been even a discussion, not a rookie. Even if he isn't not a rookie, Donovan was still better. All right. Anyway, I hear you. Not sports port next. Maddox at five. Stay tuned. 97.5 <laughs> and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the Dish Professionals. It is Monday, and that means it's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be color 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50, and you'll win his own prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. Time now for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Where are we going today, Gordon? We're going to Turkey. Okay. I want to show you something, and then I'll describe it to our listeners. Can you see that? Yeah. Okay. Watch Watch what happens here. Um, uh, wait a whole a lot of nothing. No, no. Uh, now an ad. On. Say something smart. Uh, something smart. Hmm. Okay. Like how to, Keep watching. Watch this. A uh, couch almost fell on a guy. Okay. So. Yeah, like a city. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a woman who is walking out of an apartment building and a sofa flies out like a high uh, uh, apartment uh-huh. uh, on a high floor. And you know what happened? A guy bought a new sofa, and he didn't want to have to drag his old sofa down the steps. 
So he chucked it out the window. And just as he threw it out the window, a woman was walking out the front door of the apartment building, and it came this close to landing right on her head. Now, the the quote from the guy was, um, oh, gosh, I almost became a murderer by way of a thrown sofa. But I just... You know, I'm trying to think of what goes through a person's head that they think it's a good idea to chuck a sofa out a window onto a onto a city street. Well, I can tell you exactly what goes through their head. The sofa's in here, and it needs not to be in here. So how do I get it not in here? And that that probably was the easiest way. I, if that sofa had hit her, it would have killed her. I mean, I don't think there's. Yeah, but a- what do you want him to do? Go down a bunch of flights of stairs or something? Just. <laughs> Come on. Of course not. But have you ever done anything accidentally that, that uh, where you weren't thinking clearly and nearly hurt somebody? Uh, yeah. What, what was it? Uh, let's see. Statute of limitations. Yeah, right, right. Uh, <laughs> well, also, this, this one's easy. I, I put my newborn on a pillow, and... That wasn't off. that wasn't a good idea. Well, she was about to roll off. Oh. I got there. I got there in time. But yeah, I was like, wow. In, in hindsight, that wasn't really a good. Austin, you got one. Uh, yeah, I was. We were driving down a, a hill in high school in the back of my friend's uh, older brother's jeep, and I stuck my hand out the side because uh, I was an idiot, you know, just trying to fill the the air. And so my and my friend said, "What are you doing?" I said, I'm "Trying to fill the air." And you should try it. And he did it in his hand. Right then hit a mailbox and luckily didn't lose his arm. It just dented the mailbox, but it, it, it was pretty, uh, we thought for sure he was going to lose his arm there. I told you about the time when I ran over my dad accidentally because I wasn't thinking. Yeah, I didn't a, run him over. I just pinched him between it. Isn't that a real painful a story for you? I'm it's surprised. Terrible. I know. I'm surprised you brought that up. Last time I brought it up, it was like almost the end yeah, of our relationship. You, so. you like, well, I mean, but I'm trying to exercise it. Out of, <laughs> I'm trying to exercise it out of my existence by talking about right. it. Isn't it good to talk things through? No, nah, that's something you bury deep, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, everybody, let me just public service announcement. Be careful out there. You know, if you're going to chuck a sofa out the window <laughs> from 10 stories up, Make sure that no one's not coming out the door. 801-424-DISH is the number to call. We are live here at the Dish Dish Professionals, 801-424-DISH. And uh, today is a great day to get set up Brian, a dish from the Dish Professionals. you ever almost kill somebody? Oh, man, I, can't, I don't even know how many stories I can pull. <laughs> <laughs> made, some, made some doozies in my life. I've been, do- I've been what, lucky. What, what's something really dumb that you did? That oh, you were- recently. Just, I went camping recently, and... Um, uh, wasn't really attuned to how level the ground was, and the ground was a little sloped. And as I unhooked the trailer, the, tra- the trailer started to slide a little. Oh bit. no! <laughs> my wife was in it. Oh, oh no! Oh, even worse. All right, so we've all been there. Yeah, yeah. That happens. Uh, we've luckily it stopped. Yeah, yeah. I got everything all situated. Crisis it, averted. It, uh, it's it's that was what three days ago or so, and it still bothers me. Like, yeah. it bothers me a lot yeah. that I that I was. Uh, not paying attention. So my my dad used to call that a brain fart. Yeah, you know where you have one of those where I know better than that. I want to exactly. see the explanation if that trailer had rolled down the hill with your wife in it. What oh. would you have said if she had been okay? What would you have said to her? Sorry, dear. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't want to think about it. To be honest, I don't know what I. I don't know if I would have stuck around for. It. You know what <laughs> I mean? Be like, off. you know what? I'm going to give her a little time to cool down. I'm going to go somewhere else. Oh, yeah, brother. It, uh, yeah, it. You know, everybody makes mistakes once in a while, and you just. Uh, uh, I, my goal is to learn from each mistake. Yeah, I promise, and we promise that uh, I will bring plenty tire blocks, and I will not let that ever happen again. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about doing something good, well, kind of good for yourself, but uh, uh, saving money and watching more sports. Yeah, uh, Dish has got uh, such a great, amazing promotion right now with uh, the two-year promotion with the two years worth of. Uh, uh, credits and guarantee that the price isn't going to change. And uh, on top of that, we added that uh, extra that the premier retailers can offer, and that is you get the Nest IQ camera or the Nest Wi-Fi router, and uh, that's a huge plus um, to to add to your house. Everybody, I tell you, if you don't have one of these cameras, I know some people like the privacy part of it, but you don't have to point it in your house. You can point it outside. You can point it wherever you want. You can set notifications that will tell you if people are around. Um, It's actually smart technology. You can... If you pay pay the monthly service fee, it'll actually uh, recognize people's faces. And so it'll actually tell you that... um, so-and-so's at the front door with the doorbell camera or um, grandma's here or it'll tell you there's a stranger in the house Um, so it's it's kind of an advanced security system that you can just plug and play you plug it in and it works and uh, you set it up to your tv so you can view the footage on the tv and so all of this is just good reason to sign up for dish right well we're going to do an extra hundred dollars cash back if you sign up today. Awesome. Wow. What a deal. Uh, 801-424-DISH is the number to call. Take advantage of it. Get that great free stru- uh, stuff. And, of course, the customer service you guys are. Customer for. service and, you know, the, all the cool things that DISH is doing. You know, these – I don't have the picture up, but we have that uh, picture that uh, DISH has with all the J.D. Power Awards that they've won for the last three years. And it's, a, uh, it's quite a feat that they've done that. And they make the system easy to operate. And the promotion's easy and simple, and we'll, uh, you can get the great tailgater or playmaker so you can go camping, take the TV with you. Um, if you are a Dish subscriber and you're a camper, come down. We've got, I went and bought a big stack of them because we sold that last week. It was, last week was nuts. People were running here. We're getting like set. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, Ryan, I remember when you guys, uh, the Dish professionals, were selling multiple satellite systems and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I remember when you made the decision to go with dish and you were super psyched about it you you knew what was coming and you knew that this was a better product right i mean that that's yeah. the impression i got from you that really is um you know there was a, for a, what we started in 2002 we pretty much sold both dish and direct all the way up until um just what three years ago but the, you know the big decision was that uh, you know, dish was moving forward with Hey, what else can we do? How can we improve? And there was, I started, I made this list. Now it's 20 things that Dish does that no other provider offers. And, um, you know, DirecTV is fantastic equipment, but AT&T unfortunately just didn't do anything with it. They bought it for the stock. That They, they bought it to get dividends up for the stock. And and because of that, the, nothing's changed with that service. It's the same service as it was over 10 years ago, same equipment. And where you compare that to what Dish is doing it's night and day. I mean, just not even close. So if if you want to offer a good product, what are you going to do? You're going to offer like the same old product that they made a decade ago, or you're going to offer the stuff that's 
bigger, faster, more features, does more stuff, and that's really what we made the decision to go with Dish. It's better. It's a better product all the way around. 801-424-DISH. That's the number to call, 801-424-DISH. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. All right, Chris Mannix is next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.